You're listening to the Mountainside Kairos Podcast. Hey, welcome to Mountainside Kairos Podcast, a great podcast to listen to if you're about to receive any government assistance. Why are we calling this the Kairos Podcast? Kairos is a Greek word for time, but not the usual word that the Greeks use for, tw- for time. The normal word they use for time was chronos, where we get the word chronology. Chronos time is our usual way of thinking about time. It's moment after moment, year after year, linear time. The Greeks used the word kairos to refer to a special kind of experience of time. When something good or bad is happening, it's not the normal And our experience of time changes. It usually slows down. So a Kairos moment might have been when you got married or when you fell in love or when you lost your job or when you lost somebody you loved. Those are Kairos moments. And Jesus said the the time has come. And, And the word that he uses there is Kairos. He says the Kairos has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. So Jesus said that the biggest Kairos moment was when he came, when he broke into history, but he continues to break into our lives and bring about Kairos moments where God is saying something special and we have something very important to learn. So we believe that right now the world is going through one big Kairos moment and it's up to us who open our hearts and open our ears to hear what God is saying, to discern what he is trying to teach us right now. So this is the Kairos podcast. The New Testament reading for today is 2 Corinthians chapter 10. All I want to do for the next couple minutes is just let you know a little bit of what was going on in the church in Corinth when Paul wrote this chapter. Because the next three chapters of the book of Corinthians are some of the most beautiful writing and the most impressive theology in the New Testament. So I just want to help you appreciate the beauty of it, and it helps to know a little bit of the historical background. What's going on in Corinth is that there is a power struggle between Paul and some other would-be leaders of the church. If you read Acts 18, you'll see that Paul started the church in Corinth. He came into the city intending to do missionary work. He picked up some manual labor to support himself, and then in his spare time, he looked for people who were open to the gospel and connected with them. And through his relational work and through preaching the gospel, the church in Corinth was established and began to grow. And after the church was established, after a couple years, Paul, the apostle that he was, left town to strengthen other churches around the Mediterranean. But while he was gone, some other leaders whom he had not appointed rose up and began exerting influence over the church in Corinth. These uh, were people whom Paul refers to as so-called super apostles. You'll see that that word come up. He calls them super apostles, kind of in a sarcastic way. The, The shtick of the super apostles was about demonstrating their own spiritual power through highfalutin theological knowledge, through entertaining public speeches, through pumping up their own tires and bragging about their God experiences, and in never showing any weakness. So that's what the super apostles were about. And they were leading the church into a theology of health and wealth and personal power. At the same time, they were knocking Paul's leadership. They said he was a 
poor, weak speaker, that he wasn't a very forceful person, that he didn't have any uh, array, a big array of powerful spiritual experiences with God to qualify him, and he was just too timid and gentle to be worth following. So Paul's not around when they are slamming him. He is away uh, helping other churches at this time. So it's easy for these guys to talk about him behind his back. But he has heard about what is going on. And he writes 2 Corinthians in part to respond to these guys and the, and the poor way that they are leading the church. So in 2 Corinthians 10, 11, and 12, 12, Paul is going to combat the theology of the super apostles. And he's going to defend his own authority over the church. And his main argument is going to be about weakness. In chapter 11, he says, Since many are boasting in the way the world does, I too will boast. But if I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. And in chapter 12, he says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. It's incredible stuff. Paul says that the Christian route to power and authority and influence for the good of others actually comes not through our own personal powers and experiences of power, but through the experience of great weakness and suffering. So read these next three chapters with that in mind and think about God's power in your life right now. If Paul is right, God wants to show his power in your life, but not primarily through your skills and your above averageness, but through your experience of weakness, through your difficulties, and through your willingness to enter into suffering for the sake of others, as our Savior did for us. It's amazing. May God speak to you and encourage you through the word over the next few days as you read. If you are entering into a time of difficulty, if you're experiencing weakness or depression or fear, it just might be that God is about to release his power in your life. Listen to what he's saying and open yourself up to what could be a really powerful Kairos moment. Enjoy the Lord's presence with you as you go about your day. Mm-hmm.